Well, the Polish debt may be forgiven, but John Kowalski still owes me five bucks. <laughs> so, uh, what do you know? From Newport, Pennsylvania to Midland, Texas, it's What Do You Know with Michael Feldman from APR, American Public Radio. That's John Tulin on the piano and John Babbitt on bass. I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, Tom Stern and Laddie, this little pig stayed home. The What Do You Know quiz and the hotline. Major support for What Do You Know comes from Pillsbury, featuring cake mixes, brownies, pancakes, and Pillsbury's best flour for home baking anytime. And the Beef Council and Beef Board, saluting your town and towns across America. Beef, real food for real people. Now, the man who still believes in the Easter Bunny, Michael Feldman. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, John, John Kowalski, uh, I know you're out there somewhere. It's five bucks, 1966, so with interest, it's $417. I figured it out, and uh, I'd like it. In the news, uh, President Bush uh, demotes the commander of U.S. forces to General Dumkoff. <laughs> A little upset about his interview with David Frost. I don't know if you saw that, but the general said he wanted to continue uh, to fight and to go on uh, to ever bigger nations, apparently, after that. Part of the Storm and Norman invasion, he really had this plan. <laughs> Old soldiers uh, never die, apparently. They just do David Frost. That's the current thing. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, former President Reagan mistakenly supports gum control. <laughs> the gingivitis people were very excited about it for a minute there before they straightened it out. and. Uh, I don't know about this waiting period to buy a gun, you know. How are you gonna know like you're gonna be temporarily insane next week sometime? <laughs> you know? Makes uh, planning a crime of passion kind of uh, difficult. <laughs> Takes all the spontaneity out of a crime of passion. I hate that. Oh. And speaking of crimes of passion, uh, new kid on the block, uh, Donnie Wahlberg, arrested for arson after attempting to remove a vodka stain from a hotel carpet with a Bic lighter. <laughs> Ever since he's been able to grow stubble, the kid's been nothing but trouble. You know what I'm saying? In fact, the new album is going to be called Stubble Trouble, is what I've heard. They should phase him out, retire him at puberty like Menudo, I think. He keeps recycling guys. Yeah, because they, they get to... It's not good. Uh, other news, Iowa gets a good soaking and the first Democrats start to sprout. <laughs> it should be knee-high by the 4th of July, so watch for that. And they'll probably stay about that height, I would say, this year. I see Jesse got the bibs out the other day, so uh, he's... Guess he's serious about running again. The only guy in Iowa wearing bibs, by the way, was Jesse Jackson, so was, he was outstanding in his field, that's for sure. Well, if you think that's bad, listen to this one. Here, Sam, Sam Nunn may run, of course, but it would be a, a Nunn-Bush race, and that could be a shoe-in. That's a recycled from last time around, but it's still appropriate, and I love those. All right, the space station Freedom has been uh, downscaled, and the first uh, payloads of Legos will be sent up in 1995. <laughs> Legos. Yeah. So, of course, it will be the new Freedom at that time, so it'll be design change, I guess. Okay, so... And in other news. There's always other news. That's the important thing, and uh, you're yawning now. We've got two hours. Could you kind of spread that out over there? <laughs> The Utah Supreme Court rules polygamists can adopt as many times as they want. 
And in business, Kentucky Fried Chicken decides to take the fried out of its name. So uh, if it ain't fried, what the heck happened to this chicken is the question. <laughs> I know, it tried to cross the road. That's all the news that isn't. Thank you very much. Well, you know, the Easter pig is another uh, side of Easter that doesn't get much talked about. We've had sad pig stories on here, like Bubba the Javelina that was lost in oh, Corpus Christi. First, yeah. And unfortunately, there's been no uh, word on Bubba at all, and that's, uh, that has not yet had a happy ending. But we do have one here that appears to uh, be ending happily at the present time. It's in Chicago, and it's the story of Laddie the uh, Vietnamese pot-bellied pig, uh, who is a condo dweller, uh, <laughs> referred to as the Gold Coast Pig. Uh, for the area in which he lives, a very ritzy area of, of Chicago. I know because I lived there for about three weeks at one point uh, in my fabulous GN career. Uh, Laddie is a two-year-old uh, Vietnamese pot-bellied pig, and he is a pet of Tom and Mitzi Stern, and they've had all kinds of problems battling to keep their pet, which they are very attached to, and they appear to have won. Uh, let's talk with the Tom Stern right now in Chicago. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hi. Uh, as you know, I'm a 53-year-old pot-belly. You're a pot belly too. Yes, I, I you know, I, uh, since Group W closed, I've been looking for things to do, <laughs> and uh, Laddie's been getting all the, uh, the work, and uh, I'm just a poor wretch who goes to the park every day with a bird, a bag of bird seed across the building, and uh, frankly, I eat the bird seed. <laughs> I did try to join the French Foreign Legion. But what happened? Well, when I went in, they said we don't accept pot bellies. Oh, and I, I said I didn't bring mine. And then they looked at my belt. And then they kicked me out of the office for spilling birdseed on the floor. I wish we had a drum here, really, because we're missing some, <laughs> some key points. Well, how are you, Tom? Pretty good. Now, this has been a battle for you, isn't it, to keep yes, Laddie the pig? Yes, but we, uh, we won. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really a battle with the city. Uh, the city was wonderful, and so was uh, Pete Paholic of Animal Control. We, th these are so new animals to the city that uh, people weren't familiar with them. Well, tell people here, what is a Vietnamese pot-bellied pig? A Vietnamese pot-bellied pig is a miniature pig. They stand about 16 inches high. Uh, they've been bred in China since the 14th century as house pets. Mm -hmm. And as I said in Laddie's uh, campaign uh, uh, nomination, uh, hundreds of years before your ancestors, meaning the members of the uh, condo board, paddled <laughs> canoe number one, up the Chicago River, mine were living in opulent luxury as, as beloved pets of some of the wealthiest families in China. Mm -hmm. uh, they, I bet uh, that impressed him right there. Uh, impressed me. My family weren't living yeah. that way. They were bashing each other's heads in in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And working in coal mines in Wales. Yeah, we were on the road mostly for those uh, several centuries there. A lot of road tours. And so uh, this, this is a battle with it. Now, the city said that you can have a Vietnamese pot-bellied pig. Yeah, he's a legal pet. Uh-huh. And... Uh, How much does he weigh? I mean, he weighs 155. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, that's a lot better than me. If, oh. God, I wish I weighed 155 yeah. again. No, what are you up to, Tom? What am I up to? Yeah. Right now? I mean, your weight, yeah. I'm up to the truth. Yeah. Which if you have to, I don't Which know. scale? There's one kind of do in the doctor's office that I don't like. <laughs> well, what's your height, then? Is that less controversial? Six feet, I'm six feet, and I okay. think at the, at the moment I'm about one, two. I'm sorry, 220. 220. That's good for your height. You're fine. Uh, well, it seems it's all, I'm very thin except for my uh, waist. Yeah, I got that, too. 
there's been some, uh, some foliage yeah, in yeah. my chest. That's, that's normal. Please don't snort during the interview. <laughs> or was that Laddie in the background? Well, no, Laddie is, uh, is resting. He said, uh, believe it or not, and I was stunned, he said offers from a comic book company. I'm really? I'm an agent. Uh, uh, for, to do a monthly comic book called The Adventures of Laddie the Gold Coast Pig. <laughs> and they want to do a, some other people want to do a TV series based on uh, a laddie type character. He wouldn't play him. He said he hadn't met the actor who would, but he thinks he's sort of a ham. Michael J. Fox, I think, could do it. <laughs> Michael J. Pig would be perfect, I think. So uh, now he's been getting offers. Now, has Letterman called yet on this? No, he hasn't. Uh, yeah. We've heard that Johnny Carson uh, is, has a running thing going occasionally with Ed McMahon because Johnny's a big pig fan. Uh -huh. Johnny lived in my building in New York uh -huh. before he moved to uh, President uh, to uh, United Nations Plaza. And uh, while I was senior writer for NBC Radio, I didn't know him in a business capacity, but I did know him socially. Enough to talk about pigs. No, we never did. Oh, it never came up. No, remember the night of the great New York blackout? Yeah. Well, I was coming up the stairs from a party with a young lady. Johnny was coming down the stairs with his wife and uh, hope with candles. And uh, we met at the incinerator on one of the floors. How do you like that? And I happened to have a bottle of VSOP cognac with me. Uh-huh. You were going to incinerate that? What? <laughs> you were going to burn that? Or what was it, like a traditional thing? No, I had a plan thing? for it. And yeah. I said, hey, it's the Johnny Carson show. Yeah. And the four of us sat on the floor and dragged the whole bottle of cognac, at which point Johnny turned to his wife and said, I don't think we should go out tonight. <laughs> and that Where was, was Mitzi during all this time? I said... But Mitzi and I only met eight years ago. Oh, I see. We heard about each other for a number of years, and oh. people decided that we were both, uh, we were pigs in a poke and belonged together. Yeah. Uh, uh, not, not to get off the track here, but uh, thanks for mentioning the pig again. Now, we are back. <laughs> Laddie, uh, the pig. Uh, it, pig. Yeah. Me now, or Laddie. How do your, now you're in a condo there, and they have a condo association right. or whatever. How, how do the neighbors react? The neighbors have been very supportive. Yeah. Nobody knew that Laddie was in the building, according to Austin Stoll, who is the real estate company that manages the building. Well, didn't they see him in the elevator or something? No. How do you uh, take him down? He goes down the back elevator only to go to the vets. Oh. And the vet who is, uh, our vet is Charlie Francisco, who's head of veterinary medicine for swine at the large animal <laughs> clinic at the University of Illinois. That was me that the time. streets <laughs> are dirty, and dogs and cats can get worms and things from the streets. It's yeah. better to keep them in the apartment. So you don't walk them at all? We run him in the apartment. So you run your pig in your apartment? He chases my wife around the apartment. They have a game. It's called, uh, can you uh, huff and puff and blow my wife down? <laughs> And, uh, uh, you say, is it more than one pig now? Does he have pig friends that no, visit? Or is there... he doesn't have any pig friends. Yeah. Yeah. He has me. And... Yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of our friends. It's like Kafka all over again, huh? But, you... but, uh, uh, different makes... twist. What? Oh, nothing. I'm just... <laughs> My mind is starting to wander or something. I'm still on the Johnny Carson and the uh, incinerator story. Uh, so, uh, the, I said, yeah, the neighbors didn't know that uh, there was a pig in the building. No, kind of a number of the neighbors knew who were friends of ours. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't he snore or something? Two ladies who live in the building who live in different apartments had all, each offered individually to babysit for Laddie if we went away weekends mm. or to have him come to their house apartment, as mm. a condo, as a house guest. Mm -hmm. And uh, so and, all, and the staff had all played with him. And mm. So it's rather a mystery to me that the person who works for us, the building management company, Austin Stoll, who also runs other buildings, uh, didn't know. Uh, it claims for 15 months that Laddie was here. Yeah. Uh, uh, so what? What's the upshot, Tom? Now, was there an inquisition here involved with this pig? Did he I have to face his accusers? The condo board. Uh, 
I would like to get a scholarship fund started to send them all to law school. <laughs> uh, but they were attempting to huff and puff and blow my house down. Yeah. And uh, I got pretty upset about that. I'm not upset anymore. Uh, I uh, would like more people, and I've urged more people to, to uh, attend the condo association meetings. Usually it's in the laundry room in the cellar. And there are five members of the condo board, and they usually address a group of laundromats and dryers, and maybe two people, because uh, most people at 6:30 on a business night and a weeknight, and they're usually tired after work right. and don't want to go to the meeting. It's just usually just one guy down there looking through your laundry. Right, yeah. and I said that you know uh, we either, if you want, and you want five people to run our building, then we can have a dynasty instead of a democracy. But if you want to play a role in in Pro or con on any issue. Not just the pig. Not just it, the pig. This is bigger than a pig. Any issue. Yeah. You have to come down and, uh, and uh, say something. Yeah. Uh, it's really about democracy, isn't it? I think, that, I think that's what we're talking about here. Okay. It's not. And I've also said that the city's shown a heart in terms of laddie. Yeah. And now it's up to the condo board to see if they have a heart. But, of course, people are worried about there being a pig in every apartment in Chicago now, well, right? Well, no, the thing is that uh, they'd be lucky if there was a pig rather than... Uh, some of the people are in apartments, <laughs> including me. Uh. I tend to uh, smoke too much, and if you don't like smoke, uh, this apartment uh, is not the place to be. Yeah, can you tell us, just tell us a couple of endearing things it's so smoky that, that Laddie does? I walking around, I lost yeah. myself. Okay, you lost yourself. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on that line at all, because... <laughs> but uh, what are a couple endearing things that Laddie, the uh, Vietnamese pot-bellied pig, does? Well, a couple of endearing things that he does is that he tucks himself into, he has a little uh, uh, hassock bed in our bedroom, which is his night bed. Mm -hmm. And a, a, he has a Scottish, uh, there's a, a sheet, which is plaid on it, and then there's a Scottish car robe. And when he trundles into bed, before we look at television or read a book, he, uh, books, he uh, pulls the covers up. He does. Yeah, and Isn't that cute? That ducky has to be next to him. Yes, ducky. My wife kisses him goodnight, then I rub noses with him and kiss him goodnight. Uh -huh. Anything go on between you and your wife? I didn't notice any. What? It's just you and the pig and your wife and the pig, so he's like the intermediary in this affection. Something here. like this. He's, he's the smart one. Yeah, yeah. My wife's a little smarter than I am, yeah. and I think he's a little smarter than both of us. Does he watch television? No, but he does turn the VC. He, he's on the wrong side of the room. We have a four-poster canopy bed. Mm -hmm. He can't see it. No. Oh. But he does, if he's irritated, mm -hmm. he'll go over and turn the VCR on or off. Uh-huh. He can do that with his snout. Oh, that's interesting. And is there a tape in there that he likes to... Oh, not so far. I haven't got an animal farm. Yeah, well, that'd be, yeah. remember in Animal Farm, when the pigs took over, mm -hmm. one of the pigs wrote on the wall of the barn, uh, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. And I guess that's the moral of the story, isn't it, Tom? Well, Laddie thinks that... Uh, Which would mean towards the end of this story. Laddie thinks that we uh, uh, live in his apartment. Well, he sounds like a heck of a, of a pig, and uh, we're going to look forward to the comic book and the, uh, the TV series. Well, thank you very much, and I want to thank you for all, of, and the people of Chicago. And, and the people of America. For their wonderful support. We've gotten, I might add, an outpouring of phone calls. Yeah. And I am, this is not for radio, this is the truth. Yeah. This is all, not one crank call. Well, we can probably get you some, I'm sure. Realize, Tom. Tom, thanks a lot. It's been nice talking thanks. to you. Tom Stern, owner of Laddie the Pig. Chicago. He said uh, in winning their battle uh, with the city, it's like a ton has been lifted off my wife's back. I think that was a good. <laughs>
Oh, he's, there's the Easter pig story. So uh, he's got a lot of material there. He's, trying he's to, really, I think he's got to hone some of it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe heft some of it and just. This is kind of the cat skills of radio or something. Apparently, or? he's breaking in here uh, using the pig as a device. A little leverage there. Have you met uh, the bass player before? I know this is I'm not really sure. No, yeah. he looks vaguely familiar, but yeah, he just kind of showed up here this morning and. Mm -hmm. John, this is John Babbitt on bass joining us today. Uh, in lieu of Jeff Eccles, who was, I don't know where he is, didn't tell us. Just, I just met John in the hall out here, but it's very nice. <laughs> Seems like a nice fella, and you've worked together before. So. Right, right. Yeah. So we're going to do a tune, it's called When Mama's Gone.
listening to What Do You Know on APR, American Public Radio. Back to you, Mike. What was that? I'm losing control. What? Oh, that was a station break. Yeah, okay, station okay. Break. I thought it was hallucinating yeah. some, and I was trying to ignore it. Really, like, okay. <laughs> Not back to the cornfield. No, no. It was a bad trip. I only had one though, and it was beer. It was on beer. It was a line in Kugels that was bad on me. And uh, it is, of course, it is. We mentioned Easter. It's Passover too, and uh, and Ruth Ann, uh, I want to thank you for the gefilte fish that you chopped with your own little hands. Isn't that wonderful? She. Have you ever had gefilte fish, by the way? No. How many of you have never had a, a good piece of gefilte fish? Of those people, how many have had gefilte fish? Just never a good piece. She makes very nice gefilte fish, and look how perfectly round they are. I don't know how she does that. What? Who said that? Don't, have you had it? Then why are you groaning for it? This is not lefsa, or well, no, what is that stuff? Lutefisk. Here's some, uh, would you like to try some? Who, who here has never had the experience? You haven't? Okay, here. I'll put horseradish on it, Ruthann. Get your own show. <laughs> I got the horseradish, I got the... Here, how am I gonna carry the microphone and do all this at the same time? Okay, ooh. Fumes are kinda rising up from the horseradish. It's not too strong, is it? I don't have any plates or anything. You'll just have to, who wanted this experience? Was that you? Me. Yes. And what is your name? Mo. Mo, where are you from? I'm from Madison. Uh, are, are you not Jewish then, I presume? I'm not Jewish. Uh, are some of your best friends? A couple of them. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, experience with me, though. They've never shared this experience with you. Well, what experiences have they shared with you? Few. <laughs> yes. No. No, I mean, what sorts of things have your Jewish friends shared with you? I'd like to know. I went to a Jewish wedding. Jewish wedding, okay. Um, Did you dance in a circle with your hands uh, outstretched? No, I watched. Well, you got to get involved in that. Okay, now here, well, here, this is going to expand your whole Jewish awareness thing here. You hold the horseradish, and here's the fork. That's the fork. We call that a fork in our culture. That's called a fork. This is called a fork, and this is called... What am I eating? Now you got to put this on the gefilte fish. Okay. That's horseradish. You know what that is, right? On the okay. gefilte fish? You're eating gefilte fish, yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. There you go. Okay. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Now you're Jewish. Thank you. Who else wants to enter the tribe here? We have, uh, this is it. Ever, never tried it? Have you tried it, sir? Why don't you come down here? Because uh, it's a little hard for me to get down the row here. I just feel like it's part of my cultural uh, imperative here to spread the culture. How are you? Fish eater, so. You're a fish eater? Well, this should stop it once and for all. <laughs> what is it? Are you, are you a big carp eater is the question. Uh, no, I'm not. Have it looks seen, pretty heinous. Ever seen carp on the jogging paths down here? When they... No, I've only seen dead carp. Is that where you got your carp for this, Ruthann? Did you get out of the... Where did you get your carp? From the jogging path. Oh, the kids, they spear them and they leave them on the jogging path. There's kids... Here's the fork. Put a little horseradish on it. And uh, what, what is your name? Uh, Michael. Michael, go ahead. Just, uh... Is this horseradish? Yeah. It's pink. Yeah, well, here's the horseradish. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, there's carp in there and there's uh, all kinds of stuff. I'm not too coordinated parts. here. Right. Wow. Oh. <laughs> huh? Wow. Well. 
Kind of tastes like um, meatballs or something. I don't know. <laughs> meatballs. Okay, well, that's all right. Oh, so, that's all right. But you're Jewish now, and it's nice to have you in the tribe. Oy vey. Okay. Law, see you in law school. All right. Who else? Anyone else here like to well, still get filled to fish here? It's really very good. No one has seemed to enjoy it yet, but... Uh, <coughs> anyone here is Norwegian and has never really made the... Uh, are you Norwegian? No, I'm not Norwegian, but I like to try that stuff. You're not Norwegian? That's fine. And uh, who are you? I'm Colin. Colin, where are you from? Madison. From Madison? You've never had gefilte fish? Um, I don't know. No, I... <laughs> I think you'd know if you had it, wouldn't you? I mean... <laughs> is this your dad here? I think so. That's what he tells me. Yeah. As... <laughs> Would you know if he's ever had gefilte fish? No, I wouldn't. I'm his grandfather. Oh, you're the grandfather. Okay. Oh, your dad is down there. Dad, has he had gefilte fish? No. To the best of your knowledge, you don't know where your kids are all the time. <laughs> he could be out behind the barn eating gefilte fish. <laughs> <laughs> the odds are highly uh, against it. I probably. Had it. All right. Well, here's the. That's, if you don't have to use the horseradish, if you don't, it's kind of strong. But just oh, thanks. Dig into the gefilte itself. The gefilte is a very rare fish. It's tropical. <laughs> Just spit it into your grandfather's pocket. <laughs> here, you got a hat here. Oh, sorry, I took his hat. That was enough. And what do you think? Oh, God. <laughs> Another convert. He said, oh, God. Uh, okay, that's three. We're building up our percentage. I like this. Uh, Ma'am, you've never had gefilte fish? No. Okay, this is a very important part of the Passover. Passover ceremony because it's the end of the Passover ceremony. <laughs> when you get to eat. Okay. This is the horseradish, obviously, and that's the gefilte. You are who are you? Uh Sherry Simmons. Sherry. Where are you from? Uh Verona. You're from Verona and you never had gefilte fish? No, isn't that odd? That's amazing. There's a lot of carp kill on the highway out there. Yeah, they have a lot of <laughs> gefilte okay. fest. Gefilte fest. Oh, that'd be a good idea. Idea, yeah. Mmm, it's good. All right. Mm. We actually made one. Yes, good. You want more? You want to take the rest of that? No, that's okay, she says. Do you want more? That's All right, last chance to eat gefilte fish here during the holiday season. You are? Paul Tomto. Paul, and are you related to Dusty Tomto? Yes, I am. And uh, we're our both, engineers. Yes, we're both Norwegian. Is that right? I always wondered what Dusty was, you know? And, uh, okay, that's a... Uh, all right, and you've never had gefilte fish? No, sir. Uh-huh. And, but you're familiar with, uh, the, with what it is? Uh, not really, but I've had lutefisk. Okay, well, it's not quite the same thing. This is the gefilte is a round fish that swims with a carrot on its head, <laughs> and kind of a gelatinous broth. It's only in tropical waters where you get that kind of broth. Tropical waters. It's tropical, yeah. Well, they don't have those up in Norway. That's true. That's why this is not Norwegian. Can we get that straight? Yeah, okay. But here is a big breakthrough for you. So just take some. Put as much or as little uh, of the. Uh, is that is that enough? Yeah, but there's horseradish too if you want. Okay, well. It adds a little. Spice. Oh, this is a horseradish here. This pink stuff. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why it's pink. Why is it pink? Beet juice. Beet juice. Oh, right. The taking of the gefilte fish. Beetle juice. Opinion. Um, it's good. Yeah, okay. That's it, it's answer. not great. <laughs> it's not great, but it's good. You're insulting Ruth Ann. Right no, no, no. I uh, just doesn't touch uh, lutefisk though. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch lutefisk either. because they don't. They don't pour lye over this. You know, that's. A, well, that's one bet that we're missing here, really. What about sulfuric acid or anything like that? That would help, too, I think. Okay, but uh, you're not really convinced, huh? No. Okay. I guess that's it then for that. But maybe a child, a, a kid, a Cut. young kid. This could affect his entire life. Is there a young person here who is... Yes? You're a young person? Yeah, I'm, I'm young. Yeah, how, how young are you? Ten. Ten years old? And uh, have you ever had anything as exotic as the gefilte fish? No. 
Okay, well here you're about to have it. Here's the uh, horseradish if you want it. Just uh, that's just that's carp, mostly. <laughs> little whitefish, little pike. It's good. I like it. I like it. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Good nice job. All right. And I guess the the uh, gefilte season is starting in northern Wisconsin. Actually, we uh, see a lot of Jewish people out there spearing them. Uh, we're allowed to take as many as we want out of the lake, and it's, so that's worth seeing if you're coming to Wisconsin. We've got some matzah here too, if anyone would like some of that. But. Uh, uh, get the rest of the cards here and find out exactly what I do with the card. Oh, here we go. All right, so we have a visitor here, from, uh, Hero Terao, is it? Hero. I got that part right, I think. I How are you? Uh, hi. Um, are you from Madison? Where are you from? Yes, uh, we are living in uh, Green Lake Pass. It's uh, near Hilldale Shopping Center. Hilldale. Where are you from originally, Hero? Uh, originally from Tokyo. From Tokyo. Yeah. Japan. Yeah. Tokyo is in Japan, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did someone tell you that we were as dumb as mud around here or what? Uh, oh. That's one of those expressions, dumb as mud, right? Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that expression, yeah. Dumb as mud? Yeah. Is there an equivalent Japanese expression to dumb as mud? Dumb as... Uh... I, I can't think of. Okay. Yeah, that, that's why I ask uh, this kind of question. Yeah, your, your question is about what? Idiomatic expression? Uh, yes. Like, uh, like uh, barking up a wrong tree or uh, eating crow or, uh, <laughs> or uh, red herring. Red, which one of those would you like to know about? Barking up a red herring is bad, too. <laughs> eating the wrong tree is not a good idea. Uh, maybe. And uh, re I did not know the... Cut to the chase, do you know that? Cut to the chase, yeah, it means I, get to I, the I end. Learned, I learned from movie, and yeah. uh, I asked uh, a graduate student here, but uh, he didn't know. What was the experience? Were you speaking with a young lady, perhaps, at the time? And... Uh, I don't think so, right? Uh, he said, shall we just cut to the chase? <laughs> that... I, I, I don't understand that, uh, that usage. All right, so if, if you were, let's say you were dealing with a young lady and she said, listen, Hero, let's just cut to the chase. She would be saying, let's go to the movies, we'll go see Dances with Wolves or something like that, and just watch the end. Uh -huh. yeah. No, she would, no, 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 all right, no, that's it. She would be saying, let's skip the formalities and just get to the, uh, the chase, okay. the, uh, the, uh, the culmination, the upshot, uh -huh. the, uh, the, I hate to say climax in this case, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Is that what they told you in discussing that phrase? Or? Uh, no, it's, a, it's a, somebody explained to me that uh, it's from a, from a Hollywood expression. Yeah. Is, that, is that right? Yeah, from movies. Yeah. The usually end with a chase scene or something, okay. But, uh, all right. Now, you're telling me Jap Japanese does not have idiomatic expressions yeah, like that? Course, of course we have, but uh, I think the number of idiomatic expressions in English is uh, larger. That's my feeling. Yeah. But maybe maybe I feel that way because uh, it's an idiomatic expression in Japanese. It's uh, so kind of uh, used. I, I'm I'm so used to. Yeah. Uh, and a red herring. Did they explain to you what a red herring? Is? Yes, a re red herring. Actually, I 
I, I have uh, some uh, dictionary, it's called uh, American Idiomatic Expression or something, and uh, th that explains uh, also or about the origin of that expression. Red, red herring comes from uh, Vita, I think they make it. <laughs> comes in a jar <laughs> with uh, a red herring. That's an interesting question. Now, why would a red herring be? A red herring is something that, uh, what is a red herring? I, I have an American uh, idiot, uh, idiomatic uh, speaker. <laughs> A red herring would be a, uh, something in, uh, that distracts you from the uh, real thing. But why would that be a red herring? Does anybody know here? Who's a, a linguist? Are you a linguist, sir? Yes. But um, I believe in England they use red herrings to throw the, the, the dogs off the rabbit's tracks, the, the people who didn't um, believe in, in rabbit hunting. Why a red? Can they use, like, schmaltz herring? <laughs> or herring tidbits and wine sauce? I guess those would work just as well. They have red herrings. Probably they have. So it's an English thing. It's not our fault that one. <laughs> and barking up the wrong tree would be just. Uh, uh, well, that's obvious, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Can you explain that one, please. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that good. <laughs> now you're from here. I can't believe that. Who can explain barking up the wrong tree? Just an idiomatic as an expression. What that means, sir? Give it your best shot. I have the vaguest idea what it means. You don't, if I said you were barking up the wrong tree? It seemed like you got, like, a mistake of some kind. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that, does that explain it pretty much here? Well, I don't know. All right, well, thanks very much for being a good sport about it. Idiomatic expression. I tried to start one one time, you know. They're, they're mostly meaningless expressions that catch on somehow, you know. And the expression we tried to start was, that really has pants. <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know whatever happened with that one. I didn't hear much. I tried to get people to use it, to say, start, use it in your everyday experience, you know. Boy, she's really got pants. <laughs> Not in any sense, that, a meaningful sense, but just sense, or this, that job really had pants, you know. And see if we could spread that, and then it would be our own sort of nonsensical. Okay, fine. I'm just beating, <laughs> I'm beating a dead horse, which is another one. And, and here's some other words we can add. High B indicator, soft suction, and farkle. And where is Steve Mode who can explain these? Farkle. What is farkle? Uh, farkle is a Milwaukee's term for a fire buff, somebody who chases fire trucks. Really? Yeah, it's, um, it's a new term that's catching on in the fire service that uh, whenever you go to a fire, you always have people taking pictures. You, know, you have a lot of farkles around here who take your picture. But uh, this just refers to the fire service. Hey. <laughs> Can you use it in a sentence? Um, oh, let's see. Um, we have an Explorer post, and um, some of our Explorer members are Farkles of the Fire Service. You can, it can be a noun and a verb. Yeah. So if you had a show, you'd be Steve Mode Farkle of the Fire Service. Something. Oh, I suppose something like that if I chase fire trucks and um, watch sirens and stuff rather than riding in them. No, so, but you're, of course, in them, so you would know what a, what a is it a Hig, oh, Higby? Yeah, Higby. Uh, see, those are three terms that have to do, they all have in common because they're found at fires. A Higby indicator is a little notch on fire hose that helps you align the threads when you're going to um, couple them up. Hey, you're good. <laughs> yeah, all right, I like that. <laughs> Where do you guys use it? Uh, uh, we use a term called couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, what do you do? 
<laughs> so wait a minute, you're saying you gotta line up your Higby indicators before you couple? Yeah, if you line up your Higby indicators. <laughs> Boy, I hope my wife is listening, yeah. <laughs> no. um, I've been doing it wrong all these years, Steve. Yeah, and a, a soft suction is, <laughs> to get off that Higby indicator, <laughs> a, a soft suction is a hose that you would hook up your fire engine to the fire hydrant. That's your soft suction. That's your soft suction. Is there a medium and a hard suction? Uh, there is a hard suction that you would use uh, not from a pressurized source. As in a, um, like I a... I know what you mean. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, then your Higby indicator would, might be loose. Well, then you'd get a leak. <laughs> I'm with you so far, and I don't know what you're talking about. It's kind of amazing. And uh, you're a firefighter in uh, Fort Atkinson. No, I'm a firefighter in Milwaukee's North Shore in North Fox Shore. Point. Yeah. It's just expensive fire. That's it. <laughs> and sometimes we don't even get those. So. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have you here, Steve. Well, Appreciate that, much. and I'll be a Farkle someday at one of your fires. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that at all. Farkle, isn't that fascinating? I, I'll use that. Okay. Use it in your everyday talk. Uh, get that Farkle out of here. Or I'll teach. <laughs> quit acting like a Farkle. Yeah, I'll teach that to my high school students. Yeah. <laughs> I know, or a cop could stop you instead of saying, where's the fire? And say, what are you, a Farkle? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's good. I think we got some things going here. And speaking of fires, Burnsville, Minnesota. <laughs> Where is uh, Stefan Peterson? Oh, there's a guy before here who doesn't know any uh, English expressions because he's from Minnesota. Which, well, what do they speak in Burnsville? Uh, some English. Yeah. And, uh, uh, is it Stephen, Stefan? Stefan. Stefan, uh, what do you do? What's a human resources manager? Uh, that's somebody that does programs and for employees, benefits, compensation, salary programs. Well, why don't they call you that instead of a human resources manager? What that means, nothing. And I can see why... <laughs> I can see why Hero would be confused here, you see. Or your children. Do your children know what you do? <laughs> uh, it's hard to explain. Yeah. I'm a human resources manager, you know? It's like you mine humans and stack them up or something. <laughs> yeah, on that order, yes. Process them and pack them in cans. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty much what you do, actually. Something like that. Right, so that's pretty accurate, then. Uh, but what, what is this here that you can't find? Uh, jalebi. You can't find a good jalebi in Madison? What is a good jalebi? A good jalebi is... A jalebi is an Indian sweet. And it's like a pretzel, only it's sweet, and it's a little bit crisp. Very hard to find. Yeah, where can you yeah. find a good uh, jalebi? Uh, Chicago. It ha they haven't gotten this far west yet. Yeah, okay. And you recommend these, do you? Is there... They're wonderful. Where you can first home? run into a jalebi. Uh, at home. My wife makes them. Is she Indian? Yes. And so how did you meet? Uh, we were working together. Working together? Yes. We stumbled into each other one day. That's right. And, uh, and, and it was love at first sight. Love at first jalebi? <laughs> Is this your wife right here? Yes. Okay, let me just get it from her point of view. Hi, how are you? Hi. What's your name? Shanti. Shanti, nice to meet you. I'm enchanted to meet you. <laughs> but you've heard that before. Yes. Yes, you have. Uh, hero, do you get this? this is how we really hear. <laughs> you could do worse than to listen to some of this conversation. Uh, explain to me what that is that he just told me about. Jalebi is a sweet. Uh, it's made, you, it's batter is essentially, uh, you use a yeast to raise it. But it's very liquidy. And you deep fry it and then uh, s dip it in a syrup. Ooh, no calories at all. No <laughs> calories. Fabulous. You'd think there would be calories with all that syrup and uh, deep frying and so forth. No. Yeah. Is it, that's, that's, do you cook strictly Indian at home? Or? Yes. Sounds great. What, give me like a nine course meal. No, not nine course. <laughs> But typically, what would you serve at an, an Indian meal? Uh, flatbread. Oh, yeah. With I love that 
It's like matzo with taste. <laughs> exactly. At least two or three vegetables and something called dal. What is that? Dal is uh, made of lentils. lentils. Mm. Kind of like a liquid like soup, liquid. rice, yogurt, some salad. Sounds good. I'm hungry. <laughs> what do you do with carp? Anything? <laughs> Toss it in the river. <laughs> well, Jim, we don't have jalebis, do we? Do we have something here for the uh, Petersons? Uh, Indeed we do. We have something to put their jalebis in, a what-do-you-know stoneware crock from Rockdale Union Stoneware in Cambridge, Wisconsin. Hope you enjoy right. that. Always at home on any table. Thank you very nice. Nice talking with you. All right. We have to uh, move ahead here. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is your part now. Why don't you come on up here? Do you mind standing or would you rather sit? I want to make sure people, this is where we're going to do the what do you know quiz, as you know. But before we get to it, we have to know who can and cannot participate in that quiz. And with the four disclaimers today is... Ursula Lawrence. Ursula, would you do the honors, please? Sure. The four disclaimers... <laughs> I'm sorry. Take the microphone. Right. Um. <laughs> do you want to sing something? Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, um, the four... <laughs> okay, the four disclaimers. Oh. <laughs> Number one, all questions used on what do you know have been painstakingly researched, although the answers have not. Ambiguous, misleading, or poorly worded questions are par for the course. Listeners who are sticklers for the truth should get their own shows. <laughs> Number two, Bono's prosthetics. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, persons employed by American Public Radio or its affiliates are lucky to be working at all, <laughs> let alone trying, uh, tying up the office phones trying to play the quiz. Listeners who have won recently should sit on their hands and let someone else have a chance for a change. Number four, all opinions expressed on what do you know are well-reasoned well and insightful. Needless to say, they are not those of American Public Radio, its member stations, or lackeys. Anyone who says otherwise is itching for a fight. And here I'll be glad to explain some of those phrases to you, itching for a fight and so forth. But. We'll have a few beers afterwards, and we'll show you how that happens. Okay. All right, so I'll tell you what. Here is the quiz section. If you would like to try the What Do You Know quiz, let's see your hands at this time. You can raise your hands the one time during the show, or we encourage you simply to raise a hand and not, uh, as you know, this is a chance for you to win fabulous prizes simply for being who you are and knowing uh, whatever the heck it is that you think that you know. Now, here's a gentleman back over here. I don't know what it is that draws you to some people, but you don't have it, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> My kids were interested in this, and they volunteered me. Oh, they volunteered, so you don't know what's going on here, basically. I've uh, heard the quiz, quiz before. Uh -huh. And are you excited about uh, trying your hand at it? Oh, the fabulous prizes are what attracted me to it. <laughs> and who exactly uh, would you be then, sir? My name is Randy Short. Randy, where are you from? I'm from Madison. From Madison. Randy, uh, give me one good reason uh, why you'd like to play this quiz. Uh, the Fabulous Prizes. Fabulous Prizes is reason enough. <laughs> representing the Short family. It's the father of the Short family. 
Mr. Randy Short. You have a seat. Okay, Randy, care for some matzo? I'm getting a little hungry during the show, talking about all that Indian food. Which Do I get to put these on? Sounds great. Yeah, you can put those on if you like. You know, have a little matzo. All right. Just dry me up real nice. Oh, that should that forms a paste in your mouth, so <laughs> it may affect your addiction. You want to try a little gefilte fish? Because uh, this is not going to last for the can two I, hours. Do you put what's it that, on matzo? What's that held you together can with? You put it on matzo, yeah. It's, it's under its own volition. Is it? Yeah, it clings. It's, uh, the ions are attracted to each oh, other. I see, I see. Carp ions are attracted to pike ions, are attracted to whitefish ions. It's, uh, it's a nuclear uh, thing. It's kind of a spiritual thing, almost. Uh, it is, really. Would you like some? No, uh, no thanks. <laughs> You're not a spiritual kind of guy, huh? I've got to have oh, some yeah, here because I've been, I, I personally love gefilte fish. How do you like that, Randy? Carp's head soup is really... If I could get my mouth open, I'd tell you. Mm. Ever had it before? Never. You've had carp's head soup? Yeah. In Japan? Yeah. How was it? It was okay. The head, the head in the soup was just a little strange. But do you do you eat around the head, or do you? Well, actually we we were we had a we uh, took the head out of the soup and kind of put it in the middle of the table. My figures. <laughs> After how many sakes did you yeah, do that? Yeah. <laughs> Is that proper here to take the fish head out of the soup and put it in the middle of the table, and spin it like these guys were doing? <laughs> We're doing a lot for cultural misunderstanding yeah, here today, well. I, I think. And Randy, it's nice to have you here. And now, you, did you tell me where you're from? Madison, I'm, you said. Yes, Madison. Uh, originally from? Uh, Minnesota, California. I've been around. So you've been out of town once or twice at least. Yes. You don't have to eat that if you don't want it. Right? That's, That's all right. Dry you out pretty good there. And uh, this is the entire short family here? Uh, part of it. Is that all your row? Uh, most of it. Yeah. You've got one, one outsider there. One outsider. You're not oh, a short, sir? The, he's, he's Get out the of that room. <laughs> <laughs> but those are your, um, so you got, what, three kids there? Three boys, yes. And is that the entire uh, clan? Yes. And the th three, And the nice. wife's there also. That's nice. And uh, hi, Mrs. Short. How are you? Kind of proud of him? <laughs> You're not proud of him? <laughs> <laughs> your wife is not proud of you at all. <laughs> Maybe she misunderstood uh, me. Proud of him. Are you proud of <laughs> your husband? Is your husband... Mrs. Short. Okay, and the boys, the names are... Uh, it's BBC there, Brandon, Brian, Corey. Brandon, Brian, and Corey. Yes. Okay, boys, kind of proud of your father up here? No, huh? Okay. <laughs> Not a lot of support given in this family, Randy. I don't know what's... They're a little short on support here. And, and... Well, you knew I was going to say something, didn't you? So what do you... You would have done it too. Oh, this is sweet stuff here. This is the harosh. Karosis. You gotta stop and smell the haroses. <laughs> this is sweet. I'll use the fish fork. Let me just serve you a little here, Randy. That's that's sweet. Okay, okay now you're part of us. I'm gonna take some too. See, that's that's apples and cinnamon and nuts and wine. Wine. <laughs> Thought maybe I could pour it off, but no. Okay. Randy, uh, what line are you in? I'm a firefighter. You are you really? Yes. So are you part of the, was that all one group there? Yeah, oh, you, that was my lieutenant there. That's why he had all the answers. Oh, so he is like, uh, you report to him? Yes. And uh, that's, that's interesting then. And what would your, then what's your, what's your rank? Uh, firefighter. Firefighter? A, just a straight firefighter. Okay, and how long have you been doing that? Uh, six months now. Really? Yes. What did you do before that? I was a dairy farmer. Now how does one make, was it, did the barn catch on fire and then you, <laughs> you thought, hey, this is the way to do it. You get the insurance? And the heck with these animals, and you can finally go somewhere and not stay home and watch the cows all the time. 
No, it was a career change. Really? Yes. Uh, dairy farming was uh, getting all milked out, so I went into firefighting. Getting all milked out. Did you sell out your herd then, the whole thing? Yes. And uh, why firefighting? Oh, it's, uh, it's sort of an all-around, uh, you have to have experience in doing lots of different things, so farming and dairy farming, farming and firefighting are fairly close together. <laughs> I guess that's why you're not in dairy farming anymore. Because... There's logic to that somewhere. I don't see it. Anyone out here can well, explain? You're hooking up, a, you know. You're hooking up a thing. To, you know. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You got to line up the what's that called? That thing on the, the on the Hig nozzle. The Higby. The Higby. The, uh, uh, the Higby indicators. Yeah, to milk, don't you? They got those on, right, got on the milker too. And there's a, there's soft suction. You could have soft suction. Right. Our hard section, and uh, what else? Huh? Farkling. Farkling is certainly yes. part of dairy farming. You get those people who just drive yeah. by and uh, <laughs> stare at your cows. Milk farkles. Yeah, either the milk farkles or the dairy farkles. The people who just, you know, those people just hang around dairy farms. Lookers on, what? They chase milk trucks. They chase milk trucks, there you go. Okay, so we've established that. And how's it working out? Are you enjoying your, your Yes. I should have yep. done it about 20 years ago. Really? Yes, I really enjoy it. Nothing about rushing into a burning building that bothers you? Not at all. Isn't that amazing? What bothers you? It must be, I mean... Uh... I'm very mellow. Really? Yes, very smooth, very easy going. So you don't even rush into the building. You just <laughs> nonchalantly kind of traipse into the burning building. Is that true of this guy, that he's just nonchalant about carrying the hose into the building? Yeah. Couldn't find him. <laughs> Said we had a fire once, but we couldn't find him. So I guess the results are still coming in on that. Well, congratulations, Randy. That's, um, that's courageous just to make the career change, I think, let alone walking into a flaming building. Okay. Uh, nice to have you here. And you know how this works? Yes. All right. Put down that matzo. Well, you're not going to eat it. You know you're not. Just put it down. <laughs> he ate it. What a courageous individual. Listen. I admire you guys, I do. I am such a chicken. I hate to go up on a ladder, let alone if it's leaning on a burning building, you know, it would be the, kind of a, go up and clean the gutters is bad enough for me. The number to call here is 1-800-W-H-A-K-N-O-W, Wano or Whack Now. Okay. <laughs> uh, here is the question. Well, that got a big response. Uh, if you know the answer, give us a call here. It's uh, on the piano princess, Linda Gentile. <laughs> Anyone know who that is? One person. Okay, we won't ask that one right now because we're running out of time here now. What? Randy. Oh, there's a cup for you, Randy. Thank you. I thought there was a fire here. Jim is passing up buckets of water. <laughs> uh, give us your best guess on this one. For the same price as one nose job in New York City, you can get how many in Houston? <laughs> give us a call here at 1-800-WHA-KNOW. If you think you know, for the same price as one nose job in New York City, you can get how many in Houston? Uh... Got a calling line from Baltimore. Beverly, how are you? Uh, at this point, I don't know. That's hor That question has pants, Michael. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Beverly. Um, do you have any idea how many uh, in Houston you get for the price of one in New York? I don't know how to compare the... Uh, I suppose that... Do they go by size of nose, too, or amount of... <laughs> that gives me a clue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say... What would you say, two, three, four... Three, four, two. 
Three, two, four. Three. Three is right. Congratulations. <laughs> Good guess, yes. That's about... like watching a flashing sign, Michael, with the three getting a little bit redder. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's kind of, it's like farkling, uh, right. farkling a sign. Uh, about 2,000 in Houston, 6,000 in New York, so uh, think God. it over. You can get your nose done three times in Houston. I won't move to New York. Beverly, uh, what do you do for a way of life? Mm, I sort of hang around Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> Could you do that sigh again, Beverly? That was very captivating. <laughs> Michael, and you're going to be a father soon. <laughs> no, I am a father, so... But, uh, really? When? Yeah, so I'm, I'm free again. When? <laughs> He's free. He's spawning. When? Uh, <laughs> uh, when what? When did the baby... When am I free? When well, what time is it now? That too, but when, is, when did the baby come? The baby came uh, March the 2nd. Oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Do you have uh, some babies yourself? Um, I have some old babies. Oh, they're grown up now? Yeah. Are they real big babies now? Or are oh, they... real big. Six yeah. foot three. <laughs> See, that's a big baby, boy. Yeah. <laughs> She's only 20 inches. <laughs> well, what's his name? Uh, uh, her. What's her name? That's, that's right. That's more proper. <laughs> what's, what's her name? Uh, Ellie, we call her. Oh, yeah. sweet. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, well, there's no time for the quiz, unfortunately. <laughs> and, uh, but I feel like I've gotten to know... Let's just chat some more. <laughs> well, all right. What do you want to talk about, Beverly? Would you like to meet Randy here? Let's talk about pink flamingos. <laughs> Beverly, it was going so well. <laughs> Here's this is Randy. I want you to meet. Uh, he's, Hi, Randy. he's your partner. How do you Hi, do, Randy. Beverly? How are you? And uh, how are you? She said. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't mean to help you in this conversation, though. But... Michael, did you ever teach? <laughs> did I ever teach? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Beverly, it's kind of early for whatever it is you're on now. I think. <laughs> I know it's Passover, but you should great, put the Manischewitz away. Time, great time in Baltimore, Michael. Uh, you're having a great time in Baltimore? Oh, it's beautiful here. Yeah, you know, I've never been to Baltimore. Oh, you must come. I, w I would love to come. Have lunch in the Inner Harbor. I'd rather eat in a restaurant, actually, but... <laughs> Too wet for you? Yeah, I would think well, so. Well, we can spin the carp. <laughs> Do you have carp in the Baltimore Harbor? No, but we can add them if you like. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Well, this has been fascinating, but we have no time for the quiz anyhow. So I'll tell you what, Beverly, we're going we're gonna to link you and Randy here, but we're, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Rather than get into this now and have to, to break right at the beginning of it, we're going to break uh, before it and hear a little number from our band, uh, John Tuline and uh, what's your name again? John Babbitt. John Babbitt, of course, a very close friend of mine who just walked in here today. And Beverly, you hang on the line here. We're going to have a first What Do You Know quiz. It'll be after the hour this time, so uh, stay with us, okay?
for a catalog of What Do You Know CDs and cassettes, T-shirts, mugs, fish pins, and other useless items, call 1-800-383-9772. What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for American Public Radio. Michael Feldman, producer. That's very good. Especially like with the horseradish. Moses, would you like some? Probably is your kind of thing here, I mean, given your namesake. Well, you know, we got a lot going on here, so, of course, we've got Beverly on the line here with uh, Randy. Play the quiz right after we break, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to What Do You Know on APR, American Public Radio. Come on, take it, take it.
from Dublin, Ohio, to Norman, Oklahoma, it's What Do You Know with Michael Feldman from APR, American Public Radio. That's John Tulin on piano and John Babbitt on bass, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, thanks for the memos, the What Do You Know quizzes, and a salute to Eveleth, Minnesota. Support for What Do You Know comes from American Public Radio affiliate stations and the American Public Radio Program Fund. Contributors include the Ford Foundation. Now, the man who was all set for Fort Lauderdale when he found out they moved spring break. Michael Feldman! <laughs> Thank you very much, Jim. I'm here with uh, Randy, who, of course, is a, uh, a uh, dairy fighter, uh, <laughs> a fire farmer. And uh, Beverly's on the line with us uh, from Baltimore. We're about to play the What Do You Know quiz, aren't we, Beverly? That's right. Are you all set for this? I don't know if my Higby indicators are lined up, but let's test them. All right, fine. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, I guess we'll find out in the course of the quiz. Now, the two of you collaborate on this. Beverly, I'll let you pick the first category. Here's what we have. Current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school, science, or odds and ends. Let's try things you should have learned in school. Things you should have learned in school. All right, talk it over now with Randy. Uh, who killed Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton in a famous duel? Should have learned this in history. Talk Andy? it over. Um, do you remember that from school? I think it was Aaron Burr. Yeah, I'd go with Aaron. Aaron Burr is right. <laughs> Jim? That's one right, Michael. Thank you, Jim. I'll mark that down there since it's official. Randy, over to you. Uh, everything except that category. Oh, we'll go for science. All right. Here's the question. 550 million years ago, uh, if you can recall that, Austin, Texas, and which of the following were twin cities? Austin, Texas, and which of the following were twin cities 550 million years ago? Was it Santiago, Chile, Melbourne, Australia, or Calcutta, India? Austin, in one of these towns, because when there was one supercontinent, everything was kind of shoved together. Austin was on the coast, and it was a twin city of one of the following: Santiago, Chile, Melbourne, or Calcutta. Talk it over. That was what? What was that called? Gondwana Land. Gondwana Land. I saw that movie. <laughs> Followed by Gondwana Land too. No, no, it was uh, Pan Pangea, or Pangea, Pangea. Well, is that what it was called? Yeah, the, well, the supercontinent. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, Talk it over now, Randy. Randy, what do you think? Uh, Chile's on the far side, yeah. outside coast That's of South America, little, uh, so I think Chile's out. Texas. Oh, I thought you were going to say Chile was in. <laughs> <laughs> I held my breath there for a moment. Huh. Santiago, Melbourne, uh, and Calcutta. Now, you realize some of these places are on the coast now that didn't used to be, so you can't go by that. I don't know, That's Randy. You want to just uh, take a flyer at... Uh... Oh, let's try Australia. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what are you taking a flyer at, Beverly? That's way down yonder. I don't know. Repeat those again. Taking a flyer, hero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, uh, you know. Um, what do you say? Santiago, mm -hmm. Chile, Melbourne, or Calcutta? Randy, I'm, I'm thinking Santiago, although it sounds incredible. And I don't know a thing about well, If you've got a strong feeling for Santiago, we'll go with Santiago. Santiago is right. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Salt Lake City and Melbourne were twin cities. Nome, Alaska, and 
no, Salt Lake and Melbourne were Twin Cities. Nome and Sydney were Twin Cities. And El Paso and the Ross Ice Shelf were Twin Cities. <laughs> Sounds like a, like a jigsaw puzzle being shaken at a glass. Good analogy, Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you shaking in a glass there is the question. <laughs> it's now five minutes after 12, nothing. <laughs> it's afternoon. It's five minutes afternoon. It's all right. Now, what's the score now, Jim? It's two right, Michael. Okay, so it's uh, back to you, uh, Beverly. Here's for, what remains. For current events, people, places, or odds and ends. What would you like? Let's see. Um, Randy, um, well, let's, take, let's take current events. Current events, okay. All right, the return of Desert Storm troops to Clarksville, Tennessee, caused sales at the local Fredericks of Hollywood to multiply by a factor of... <laughs> was it a factor of three, five, or ten? The local Fredericks of Hollywood in... What do you think, Randy? Were you ever in the Army? I was in the Marine Corps. Oh, and did you wear Fredericks of Hollywood when you... <laughs> when they were looking for a few good men? <laughs> uh, this, of course, the wives probably, I presume, went in there and bought them. In Clarksville, Tennessee. Was it a factor of... Uh, how long was that particular unit over in South Saudi Arabia? <laughs> <laughs> you think there's a relationship there? I think so. I think it's uh, logarithmic. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know well, that much. If you're so smart with math, what, what number do you pick, Brandy? What, what were the choices? The, uh, three times, five, five times, five or, times. Or, or ten times as many sales at Fredericks of Hollywood when the troops returned to Clarksville, Tennessee. Does five sound reasonable? No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> You're very opinionated, aren't you, for an audience? How does three sound to you? Most audiences just sit there, you know. How does three... Well, suppose they got completely enthusiastic and it was ten times. Yeah, now let's go hog wild. And Why not? Hog wild and Fredericks of Hollywood. Go, go for the ten times. Go for it. Did you say ten times? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry, it's uh, three times. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, as an audience, you could stop misleading the contestants. <laughs> yeah, cut it out. You know, and uh, stop ascribing your own vile motives <laughs> to other people. Yes, hiss yourselves if you'd like. That's fine. No, it's the 300%, which is a pretty big jump in sales, actually. Yeah. 300%. And, uh, okay. Well, that's just... Uh, Two right and one wrong, Michael. Yeah, that's just one wrong, though, is what I was right. going to say. Right, it's just one wrong. No, one wrong. Uh, no. There's two right. We that's right. bonus round. <laughs> I'm sorry, Beverly? We missed the bonus round. Shoot. Well, that's okay, Beverly. You're still, you're still in the I'll game, live. though. I'll live. Yeah, there's no bonus round. You've got a different... Maybe Jeopardy or something. I don't know. They have oh, whatever. Family feud or something. One of those. Okay, uh, so it's, I guess it's back to you, Randy. Here's what remains. People, places, or odds and ends? Oh, odds and ends. Odds and ends. All right. Kind of a general category. Could be anything. And it is the winning entry in the Roto-Rooters' first monster route <laughs> contest. <laughs> the longest route recovered by a Roto-Rooter man. Uh, was one of the following. Was it 27 feet 6 inches, 46 feet 9 inches, or 91 foot even? <laughs> Monster root, rotor rooter. Randy? Oh, I'd go for the 47 footer. I'll go with that. 47 foot is right. 46 <laughs> foot 9 inches. Congratulations. Turned in by Chuck Rennick in Los Angeles. He found it in a sewer line out there in L.A. It is the, the winner so far. And uh, congratulations, you have won the quiz. Okay. And I'm very happy for you. 
And Beverly, although you didn't get the bonus round, here's what you did get. Well, Beverly, you did get the uh, juggling prize. Rabbit Transit, three furry bunnies in a can from Chasley Incorporated in Seattle, Washington. Randy, you could watch March go out like a lion gazing at the wings twirl on the flaming red flying duck lawn ornament, perfect for a fire station, from Don Featherstone <laughs> of Union Products in Lemonster, Massachusetts. You'll each double your wiener pleasure with the Oscar Mayer wiener watch and the wiener whistle from the Oscar Mayer Company in Madison. Congratulations to you. What a, what a treasure trove. Randy, nice meeting you. Thank you. Good luck to you. Nice to meet you. Beverly, congratulations. Nice talking with you. Hang on the phone there for a minute. Bye now. Support for What Do You Know comes from American Public Radio affiliate stations and the American Public Radio Program Fund. Contributors include the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. For tickets to What Do You Know, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to What Do You Know Studio Audience, 821 University Avenue, Madison, Wisconsin, 53706. With your name, date of show, number of seats desired, and daytime phone number, or call the Vilas Hall box office at area 608-262-1500. Back to you, Mike. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, a little bit of that is not bad. You know, you don't right, want to do it every time, as I was saying last week. It sounded a little bit artificial, you know. Yeah, well, That's we were just working it out. Yeah, no, now we got it now, right. is what I'm saying. It sounded like a natural part of the flow. Yeah. So, so I like that. So it's really tough that we're going to replace you. I kind of feel bad about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope people are taking notes who are interested. Yes, uh, and because you can learn here from the master. And if, you want, if you'd like to fill Jim Packard's shoes for one show, that would be on May the uh, 26th. Uh, where are you going that weekend? I think I'll be in Chicago. Just, just going to town Chicago? Yeah. Just museums and restaurants? And yeah, probably a water tower place. Yeah. Credit cards, checkbooks. Oh, yeah. I know some people down there, the Mesmers. Look up uh, Wayne Mesmer down there. Oh, yeah, Wayne Mesmer. Yeah. Great favorite of mine. And uh, if you like to, you send in a tape uh, doing your best imitation of Jim Packard and what he does. So well, where can they send that to, uh, Jim? Send them to uh, Phil Jim Packard Shoes, care of Michael Feldman. What do you know? 821 University Avenue, Madison, Wisconsin, 53706. Yeah, we have so far seven entries. Uh, we expected hundreds. <laughs> I think it's a tribute to you. People feel they cannot fill your shoes. And, uh, I like the way you put it. Yeah. Because if I didn't say that, I know you would have anyway. No, so, no, no. But no. we expected really hundreds. I thought maybe I, I've been looking in USA Today and the little, you know, those little state captions or something, find it in there. No, the press wasn't interested no. at all. No, no. So, Walk I, a mile in Jim's shoes. That's right. That's right. And uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what else is entailed here, but uh, uh, you can follow him in Chicago if you like to and see what he does down there. I'm kind of curious myself. John, I'd also like to wish your father well. I know your father oh, has thanks. been ill. Yeah, Doc, Dr. Tuline out there. In uh, Platteville. I think he's feeling better. Good, and I hope he recovers real quick. It's a lousy way to spend a birthday, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Let, let's not do it again next year. All right, John, what do you got here for us? Uh, this is a tune that John and I uh, came up with this morning. <laughs> <laughs> John Tooling and John Babbitt on bass.
you. You're listening to What Do You Know on APR, American Public Radio. And we're back. Not that we went anywhere. It's a nice tune. You just made that up? Right off the... What was the inspiration behind it? Huh? Well, that's right. You don't have inspiration. I keep forgetting. Is your mic off? Yeah. Here, use mine. Yeah. <laughs> we got two is back there now. I can't really see back there. That's Steve Colono. Yeah, he tends to do that. I don't know where his mind is at these days. It's spring, though, and a young man's fancy. I forget what it turns to. It's been a while. <laughs> but I know once it's turned, it can turn all the way around, actually. Okay. Nick Moyle. Is that right? Ain't got no job yet. Of Oshkosh. Where is Nick? Oh, you won't admit it, huh, Nick? Come on down here, Nick, would you? Because it'll be hard for me to reach you. This is uh, Nick Ain't Got No Job Yet Moyle. Say hello to everybody, Nick. You all know Nick? All right, Nick. Nice hairstyle, Nick. I like that. What is that look? It's not a look. It's just your hair, right? Mm -hmm. But it's kind of cool because it kind of shoots out in all directions. Did you ask for that? No. Really? What happened? You just cut it that way? Mm-mm. Well, how is, can't, would it just form naturally? I mean, you must have... <laughs> I mean, if I were going to the barber and I wanted a cut like that, which couldn't happen given my lack of hair, but uh, what would I ask for? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, Nick Moyle cut probably is what I'm saying. Now it says, Nick Moyle ain't got no job yet. Why do I half, H-A-L-F, to go to school, T-W-O? Thanks very much for that question. <laughs> nice to meet you, Nick. Okay. You can sit down now. He's too being embarrassed. That was Nick Moyle of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Speaking of young persons, Molly Gavin is here, uh, age 12, from Dubuque. Right. All the way from Dubuque, Iowa. Beautiful Dubuque. On the bluff? Are you on the bluff or under the bluff? Or are you just bluffing? I'm sorry? On the bluff. Are you on the bluff? Yes. Oh, that's great up there. Mm-hmm. Driven around up there and tried to look in windows. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Just to see what kind of furniture they have, because it's very. I don't know if you've been in Dubuque. It's very. It's very beautiful up there and stuff. And uh, you're in. You're 12, so therefore you're in. Uh, five. Started five. You would be. Don't tell me. Uh, why do I have to go to school? You're in sixth grade. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's an outstanding grade. If you like it. If you like it. That's very true. Do you like it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, is it better than fifth? Yeah. It is. Huh? So yeah. has it been steadily upswing? You know, has each grade gotten a little better? Or? Yeah, since yeah. you're going to leave elementary school. Yeah, and you're going on to what, middle school? <laughs> junior high. You got junior high down there. Okay, don't laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from around here. We got middle school. I had a junior high where I went to. So what junior high do you go to? Washington. I'm going to go there. Yeah. Are you excited about that prospect? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not terrified about being all those bigger kids who could just... No. That's good. You should be, because really it was horrible, as I remember that. <laughs> I simply remember being dumped into an ash can on my first day of middle school, junior high or middle school, and it was really made an impact on me. Uh, and your question, uh, Molly, I'll let you ask it. Do you have to do this show, or are you doing it for the money? You cut right to the chase, don't you? Yeah. I like that about you. I would say uh, yes and yes. Is, uh, 
I have to, and yes, I am. Okay. Are they making you? Oh, you didn't mention that. Yeah, they are making me, too. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, and yes, I have to. Hmm. Would you go to school if you didn't have to? I don't know. Depends. Yeah. What if I said you don't have to? Take the year off. I probably wouldn't go. You wouldn't? What would you do? <laughs> Excuse me a second. Oh, it's our friend from East Germany, which no longer exists, and he's, he's a little upset about it. I'm going to let you go on that one, okay? Because uh, since he's calling attention to himself, let's go over here and, and meet this gentleman who can blow his nose from across the ocean, all the way from East Germany. Nice to have you here, sir. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm Mike. Come from Eastern Germany, and I feel good to be yeah. here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to have you. What's your name again? Uh, Mike. Mike. Mike yeah, so we're both Mike. English. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. all right. That's pretty cool. And yeah, I see you're wearing like motorcycle tags and stuff. Are you a? Yeah, yeah. I have a Triumph. You do. From 1951. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Marlon Brando. Oh no, kidding. <laughs> yes. Is it a Triumph of the Will or what? Oh, I don't know what you mean. Well, that's a bad joke, but. It's one of my Lenny Reifenstahl jokes, but never, never mind that. But uh, yeah. are there a lot of bikers? And uh, now, what you don't call it East Germany anymore? Yeah, it's East Germany. They have motorcycles there. Them. It's you not East Germany that. anymore. <laughs> but it's not East Germany, though, right? It's just Germany now, right? Yeah, it's Germany today. Yes, yeah. uh, but we are the East Germans. It's all right. But you can't be because there's no East Germany. You gotta be. You could be Eastern Germany. Yeah, yeah, we was the East Germans, there was the West Germans. <laughs> so that, you know, the second class in Germany. Is it Eastern German? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You resent? Oh, I'm, I'm proud to be an Eastern German, it's all right. Well, I'm proud to have you here, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, uh, was uh, Marlon Brando an early influence in uh, your uh, taking up the... The triumph? Uh, yeah, we are in Germany not so in time. <laughs> we are <laughs> a little earlier in time, yes. So you're still watching Wild Wild One? And yeah, I watched it yesterday by a videotape <laughs> <laughs> by my host. How many times have you seen that movie? Oh, I think it was the first time. That was the first time? Yeah. Didn't you know who you were imitating all these years? They, they didn't have the movie in Germany. <laughs> they have only brand new movies. Yeah, really? Yeah. So how did you know about Brando? Oh, he is great. Yeah, no, he's, right. he's great, but I mean, you, you didn't know really about the motorcycle film that he did? Yeah, I, uh, I think I, I support the English motorcycle film. Yeah. It's all right. Yes. <laughs> uh, triumphs, do they still make Triumphs, by the way? Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Do they still make them? Are they still building Triumphs? Yeah, yeah. in England. But yeah. my Triumph yeah. came from the States. From the States. It was in early, was in early times in a uh, flat track racer. Here in the States. Yeah, really? Yep. I wish. Where is it now? <laughs> so I buy this. Where is it now? Yeah, now it's a, nice, it's a nice cycle. Yeah, no, but where is it now? Is it back home in Germany or did you bring it over? I bring it over from the States. Uh, other persons do that. Oh, yeah. I, I buy it in Germany. And it's back and you didn't take it with you when you came over on. Yeah, that's right. Yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> now, how do you support yourself if you can't support yourself just riding a bike? Oh, you can support me riding a bike? I can ride a bike. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm trying to say. I could support you and you could ride a bike and yeah. we could be really good friends or something. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you can sit on the back seat on my bike. <laughs> <laughs> and the bike could support us both then, I guess. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you mean. I don't either. I don't understand any word you say. It's yeah. too fast. <laughs> it's too fast? Yeah. Too fast. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll slow down. Yeah. Are you married? 
Not, not. That's you understood my, that that's pretty well. Girlfriend. Oh, that's your girlfriend. But we have a problem. Uh, she lost her voice at 10 o'clock. <laughs> she doesn't want to talk. Yeah, she doesn't want to talk. She but she, but she understands any word you say. Yeah, is yeah. she what we call in this country a biker chick? No, that's not right, I no, think. No. You know that term? I don't know so right. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what is a, what is a chick. Well, no, no, I'm not saying I support that terminology. You must understand me. I'd never called it. I've, uh, if it's a small chicken, I would call it a chick. But I mean, there's that chicken. It's a girl, not a chicken. <laughs> That's my point exactly. <laughs> the guy comes from East Germany, doesn't speak entirely English. And he's topping me. <laughs> Tells me I don't talk right. And so how long are you going to be here? What do you, what, what do you? Oh, I'm 14 days in the States, yeah. Days, yeah. It was last week in uh, Iowa, in Des Moines, and on the Mississippi River. Yeah. Uh, take a view from uh, Pikes Peak. Is that oh, right? yeah. not, good, not in Colorado, on the Mississippi yeah. River, yeah. Is this all, are you on motorcycle? Not. No. By car. Yeah, from my host. Yeah, why don't you why don't you get a bike from somebody and do the whole the whole trip, you know, cross country, you know, and uh, you can put drugs in your gas tank and uh, <laughs> and you'll meet uh, you know Jack Nicholson maybe. And did you see that movie? Yeah, I know what you mean, the Easy Rider. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a coming of age kind of thing, you know, where you gonna. Of course, I did it. I know, but don't you are too fast. I am too fast. Yeah. I used to have a bike. I had a Suzuki 150. You ever ride one of those? 150? Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> a Suzuki from, from 150? 150 cc's. Oh, 150 cc's? I, I think the year 150. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> 150 cc? Yeah. I tell the Hun rode this bike. <laughs> I, I think it's. Uh, are you saying my bike is very small? Is that what you said? I think it's not a motorcycle. I think it's a, it's a bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and is a Trabant a car? Tell me that. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to buy that. <laughs> Nobody so does. Yeah. Well, Mike, it's great but to. The German says. Uh, you don't get in the car, get in the Trovant, you put them over. <laughs> you know what I mean? You put it on. Yeah, 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 also like a sweatshirt or another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you're a heck of a guy. You really have to stay around after the show and join us for a few. We have like a, a beer hall here. Yeah, I think. Do you have those in Germany? I don't know. Uh, we have beer in Germany, yeah. I think any beers came from Germany, I think. <laughs> uh, well, not the beer we drank, does it? No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you drink these Budweiser, that's all right. <laughs> I don't drink Budweiser, and uh, I'm the Budweiser for it. But uh, we got we had some good American beers like Lon and Kugels, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's a beer for rich people. I saw a bottle. There was a lot of gold and a bottle and all these other things. But I like Budweiser. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Not Lon and Kugel. <laughs> had Lon and Kugel? Yeah, I tasted a little of Leinenkugel. Uh, Didn't not care so for it. Good, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think it's a nice price for one bottle. <laughs> too expensive, really? Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll buy you one. <laughs> they always taste better if somebody else buys them. Uh, yeah. That's the thing about beer. It's great to have you here, Mike, and nice to meet you. Yep. All right. Good to have you here. Have a seat. <laughs> Thank you.
And just one other thing about blowing your nose. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, don't do it again. I mean, you pin the needles back in the booth there, and the guy was listening to it on his headphones. It must have sounded terrific here. Uh, we probably should launch ahead here because we're a little bit behind thanks to the fact that we, uh, don't you get tired of people asking you silly questions? Yes, I do. Of course. Uh, so let's launch ahead into the What Do You Know quiz to make sure we get all this in because we don't want to lose any fun during today's show. Let's just see the hands of those of you, those of you out there who would like to try them at the What Do You Know quiz. Or try it, try your hand. To try one's hand means to, uh, to do what, uh, whatever uh, you do. And we got people here with their hands up. Now let's see a little enthusiasm. Who really wants this? Who wants this? Who wants this bad? This man here has the look, I must say, of wanting this bad. His hand is still up, just to show you how... How are you? Great. Now, this is something that you obviously want to do. You betcha. You betcha. Now, where's the one from New York? Now, excuse me, just a second now. You understand, you betcha. Wasn't that you asked the question? You bet. Yeah. We say you bet a lot here, and you don't know what it means? No, I know what it means. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe it wasn't you then. Uh, sir, and what is your name? Uh, Leroy Fisher. Leroy, where are you from? Hutchinson, Minnesota. Hutchinson, Minnesota. And what is Hutchinson well known for, besides yourself? Oh, good sports, high school sports teams. I'm a yeah. teacher. You are? Yes. And what do you teach? Uh, tech ed or industrial arts. I see. And they, they call you Mr. Uh... Well, they call me a lot of other things. Yeah. <laughs> to, my, to, my, to my face, they call me Mr., yes. Yeah, okay. And uh, tell me why, give me one good reason, if you would, why you want to play this quiz. Well, I flew all the way to Chicago and rented a car and drove up here just to see you. Really? You betcha. <laughs> See, you betcha. That's how it's used. You understand? Yeah, now I understand. Used at the end of the uh, sentence as well. Come on up here and join us. Let's give him a little round of applause. A support. It's applause. I don't know what I'm saying. I talk too fast. Your shoes are on. Did you know your shoes were unlaced? Yes, I do. Okay. Just as long as you know, because we had a horrible accident here to occur. And, okay, uh, uh, full name once again is? Uh, Leroy Fisher. Leroy Fisher. Uh, how many dependents? <laughs> Are you claiming? My brother's IRS. I mean, you're claiming your brother's? No, no. I say my brother's an IRS man. Okay. So you're asking for dependents. Two. Two? Okay, fine. Uh, Leroy Fisher, okay. Will you declare any uh, earnings here on your tax form? <laughs> file an amended form, or...? I'm not going to say you betcha. No, I won't take care of it. <laughs> Leroy, it's nice to have you here. Now, uh, you're teaching what, what grade level? Uh, senior high industrial arts. Senior high industrial arts. So you're a shop teacher. Yes. Manual training. Yeah. Do you, are you insulted if I call it shop instead no, of huh. industrial arts? Because that's like human resources. It's one of those things. <laughs> what do they call janitors now? Uh, uh, or, uh, maintenance engineers. Maintenance engineers, something like that. We got it. But industrial, it's industrial arts. Do a lot of your shop students uh, go on to be professional uh, shop students? <laughs> yeah, is probably. There, yeah? I mean, I, is that true? Like you, have you kindled interest in students where they've gone on and... Oh, uh, yeah, occasionally, yes, you do. You know. Occasionally you kindle no, interest I mean, or occasionally they go on and... <laughs> no, probably if you run across uh, two to three you know, good students every year, they'd probably go on and you know, do something else. Tech ed, it's technology education, what's it called? It's no. the new name for industrial arts, which was manual <laughs> training. If you go back far enough, was Sloyd. Sloyd? Sloyd. When was it Sloyd? In the 
Oh. Mesozoic or something? Yeah, probably, yes. <laughs> they rose from the sloid. The first organisms formed amino acids in the sloid. Was, what was sloid, really? Sloid was uh, carving things by hand. I think it's a Scandinavian term. Really? And there, if you look in industrial arts catalogs, there still are sloid knives. Wow. So that's something that you know, really goes back a long way. Here, are you getting this? Sloid? <laughs> sloid. Uh, use it in your everyday speech. How do you spell sloid? S-L-O-Y-D. Sloyd, that's how I'd spell mm -hmm. it, I guess. It's not a man's name? No. <laughs> okay. Floyd but is Floyd is Floyd bad. is and Floyd is bad enough without being Sloyd. Yeah, Sloyd. <laughs> now, do you make kids make those uh, ridiculous projects like the, the wooden Kleenex box holders? See, this is what technology education is supposed yeah. to be. You don't yeah. do this anymore. You don't? No. But did you at one time? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> how many of you, would you applaud if you ever made a wooden Kleenex box holder in shop class? Uh, excuse me, in technology enhancement or whatever it's called. <laughs> All right, uh, what others? We, we made uh, those uh, footstools. That's the always mm. a big industrial arts project. No, that was considered too useful. Oh. Our, uh, <laughs> someone might actually use that. We did make these dumb little hammered aluminum uh, pencil box. No, is that what you made? Uh, napkin holder. <laughs> you made a napkin holder. Still got it? Oh, yeah. A chisel, I made. See, you made a chisel. Yeah. How do you yeah, make that's, a chisel? That sounds right. Chisels. And then you fight. Hammered you out an ash tree. Yeah, we hammered out this little thing with an elk on it. Yeah. There was a lazy Susan with a, you know, it always bent over. It had a little aluminum or a little copper pole, the ring on the end. And you yeah. get to solder that on, and you know, it's really you look forward to it. You know, is what I'm mm -hmm. saying during the day. <laughs> hey, boy, I get to hammer my elk today in uh, shop class. And, but today, what, what kinds of things do they do, Leroy? Well, I teach electronics, oh. and it's, well, we build radios and those kinds of things. Electronics and what? Well, electronics and also drafting. So oh, we're okay. heavily in the computer drafting, or CAD, which is CAD. What's CAD would be CAD, you're right. And no, Floyd is S-L-O-Y-D. <laughs> okay. com Computer-assisted drafting. Really? Yes. So these kids are actually doing something. Oh, yes. Yeah. They could be dangerous with this, yes. with this training. Mm -hmm. Do they build electronic components? or? Yes. What sorts of things? they? Well, we, uh, the major project we do is uh, they construct an AM radio. Huh. And Which uh, no one listens to anymore anyway, but that's... Yes. <laughs> I know because well, we're on no, it No, that's what they always <laughs> ask is, how can we make this in the FM because they want to listen to some rock station. They yeah. can't, you know. See, now, that's another thing. We had to make, like, a crystal set, you know. Talk about useful. If you really want to be seen on the beach with your crystal set. <laughs> you know, I mean, it had headphones. It was an early version of the Walkman, but you had to carry a radiator or something around with you to, to ground it, so it wasn't <laughs> yeah. all that practical. Yeah. Toilet paper tube and, uh, you know, uh, it's like being in prison, really, or something. It's like, I just felt in shop class like I was trying to build something to escape, you know, something useful. <laughs> but now it sounds great, actually. Oh, that sounds very interesting, Leroy. Nice to have you here with us. And I'm sure your students are uh, listening and rooting for you. Probably not. No. <laughs> are you a tough, a tough teacher? I think so. Tough but fair, right? Yeah. Always. Mm -hmm. Or tough but unfair. That'd be even better. Oh, that's, that's better, yeah. <laughs> That's probably more accurate. <laughs> he's tough, but he's unfair. That's what I like about him. All right, Leroy, it's nice to have you here. Uh, we uh, have a call-in uh, question here that someone can qualify on by dialing this number. 1-800-WHA-KNOW-WANO. All right, here's the question. The piano princess, Linda Gentile. There's a Gentile. Gentile. Linda Gentile, the piano princess. You've probably seen her on late-night television. Okay, nobody has. Anyhow, the piano princess Linda Gentile is unique, stylish, and what? If you know the answer to that, give us a call here. Area code, uh, no, it's an 800 number, isn't it? Right. 1-800-WHA-KNOW. That's right. I went back in time here a bit. 
The Piano Princess, very famous Piano Princess, Linda Gentile, is unique, stylish, and what? Go ahead, do you know? You know Linda Gentile, don't you, Jen? Yes. <laughs> Very nice. In, in the style of Linda Gentile, <laughs> Piano Princess. In Laramie, Wyoming, uh, we have uh, Burma Hardy on the line. Right. Hi, how are you? Fine. Burma is an unusual name. Yes. And uh, how did you uh, how do you happen to be named Burma? Well, my dad was in the military, and the choice was either Burma or Santa Monica. <laughs> 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 I like Burma myself. <laughs> but you double the M on your Burma. Right. Oh, that's okay. And of course, you had to put up with Burma shave. Yes, those kinds of jokes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard one good one in your life? Um, not really. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Burma, uh, what uh, what do you do in Laramie? Um, I work for the university, mm -hmm. the library system. In uh, what capacity? In the um, library system. I'm a technician. I see that the journals get checked in and checked out. And do you find it as fascinating as it sounds? Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh -huh. People check out some really interesting journals, I bet, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, that's... Uh, what, how do you unwind from a job like that? Um, sports. Oh, yeah, what sort of... Lots, of... lots of good skiing around here mm. and running and... Yeah, sports. So you're out there? Well, I try to be. Okay, all right. <laughs> Here's the question. Have you heard of uh, Linda Gentile, the piano princess? Um, vaguely. Okay. Uh, here's the question. The piano princess Linda Gentile is unique, stylish, and what? One other characteristic of Linda Gentile, the piano princess. Mm, fascinating. No, um, she is, but I'm sorry, that's, that's not it. Okay. Try us again, though, will you, Burma? Sure. Okay, sorry. Okay. All right, we've got uh, in Shawnee, Kansas. Hi, Bob. Hi. How are you? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just uh, something crossed my mind. It wasn't this show because it was amusing. <laughs> and uh, Bob, uh, what's up in Shawnee? Uh, not a thing. I'm studying. I'm a medical student. Are you? Yeah. What are you studying right now? Uh, physiology. Physiology, human physiology, I presume. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, what, what, are you trying to memorize things? <laughs> Always. Do you have devices, uh, mnemonic uh, or nomadic devices? Uh, do you have pneumatic devices? That'd be helpful. <laughs> that do you use to, to memorize things? Of course. Yeah? Uh, and that's more in anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give me an example of what one of those would be? Uh... <laughs> You're in big trouble on this test. Uh, most of them aren't... Uh, uh, most of them you can't use on uh, public radio. Oh, so they're, uh, they're <laughs> obscene, so you can remember them better, huh? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, do you have tests where they actually have a cadaver there, and you've got to label various uh, parts of it? Absolutely. That's like, uh, the majority of our, our anatomy course. Yeah, like in flatliners. Would you consider actually killing yourself, like in flatliners, uh, just for the thrill? No way. For a few minutes? No. What do you say? Of course not. You medical students? I thought that was... Uh, so you got to, let me tell you this, you, have, you walk into a room and there's a, do you have your own cadaver or do you share one? Um, there's eight of us on each tank. On um, each tank? And we, yeah, it's, actually it's a tank that uh, keeps them preserved. Mm -hmm. And we're, we can tell we're getting down to the end of the year. We're doing uh, pelvis right now. And uh, that's really all that's left of our cadaver. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> this is lunchtime, of course. And... <laughs> 
This is exactly the conversation we hope you would have over lunch. Well, you must be a fan of uh, Linda Gentile, and uh, that's what I get for uh, trying to call before I never, uh, before I heard the question. I've you, never heard of Linda Gentile. You never heard of Linda Gentile? No. Then you don't know what she is. Uh, she's unique, stylish, and something I was else. Thinking maybe she could be short. <laughs> <laughs> unique, stylish, and short. Her unique. I don't know. No, but that's close. I'm going to give it to you, Bob. All right. Because otherwise, uh, we'll never get out of here. And uh, flamenco is the answer. And I get the feeling no one knows this anyhow. It's unique, stylish, and flamenco. Flamenco. Yeah. A flamenco pianist. Yeah, and yeah. unique and a stylish one. I, it was a bad question, so we but we got rid of it. And uh, Bob, this is uh, Leroy here. Hi, Leroy. Well, Bob. And Leroy is uh, uh, tough, as you heard, but unfair. Uh, uh, <laughs> used to be called a shop teacher, a Sloyd teacher, many years ago. And you, what year of school are you in? First year. First year. So this is, this is where they sort them out, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Are you going to make it? I sure hope so. We hope so, too. What, what's the school there in Shawnee? Um, it's University of Health Sciences. Yeah, what the name of the school is, of course. Yeah, it's the University of Health Sciences. It's in, in Kansas City, actually. Kansas City. But the school itself is called... The University of Health Sciences. Right. <laughs> is that a legitimate school, Bob? Or, Absolutely. I mean, the University of Health Sciences? Yep, University of Health Sciences College of Osteopathic Medicine. Weren't they in Grenada at one time, and then, the, <laughs> then they moved to, to Kansas? No. Okay, well, Bob, we, of course, wish you well in school, and I know you're going to do fine, but uh, this will take the load off here for a moment and put a different load on you. Uh, we got a quiz here. You and Leroy uh, uh, collaborate on this. And here's the categories. You pick the first one, Bob. It's uh, current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school, science, or odds and ends. Well, how about things I should have learned in school? All right. Talk us over now with yeah, Leroy. Probably talking to the wrong guy then. <laughs> <laughs> what was Cassandra's problem? Cassandra in Greek mythology had one major problem in life uh, caused by Apollo, actually. He put a little uh, jinx on her there. But Cassandra had a problem. She's in Greek mythology. What was her problem? Don't have a clue. What do you think, Leroy? Don't have a clue. No. Do you have a clue? Did you study any Greek mythology along the way? No. Yeah? When you can actually use it in language saying, I feel like a Cassandra. It's not used too often. And, uh, <laughs> Obviously. Some kind of a complex is what it did. That's a safe all, guess. All, all I can remember is Odysseus. Yeah. Was he in your shop class at one time? Yes, back he when? was. Yeah. <laughs> When it was back, Sloyd? Back, back there with Sloyd, yes. <laughs> Sloyd Odysseus, his brother. Any idea? No, I sure don't know. Okay, I'm sorry. She was a prophetess that no one would believe. Okay. So if you ever felt like that, then you know Cassandra. Like Cassandra, no one, no one would believe her. Yeah, Apollo oh. kind of jinxed her or something. She was a prophetess before that, and then he, I don't know what, she must have rebuffed him or something. You know how that goes. <laughs> Those guys were so petty. <laughs> Those Greek gods, they were super petty. Uh, Jim, that would... Uh... That would be one wrong, Michael. Uh -oh. Okay. Don't worry about it. I keep smelling this gefilte fish. It's affecting the show. <laughs> you ever have that? Gefilte fish? Yeah. No, thank you. Oh. <laughs> Smart man, Leroy. Now, uh, here's what's left. Current events, people, places, science, or odds and ends. Current events. Current events. All right. All right, here's a question out of current events, which doesn't quite fit the category, but... All right. Buffalo and the world mourn the passing of D.J. Bellissimo uh, in Buffalo, who created what unlikely cocktail party dish? Gentleman in Buffalo, who just died, created a dish that became world famous. 
from Buffalo. Often found at cocktail oh, okay. parties All and right. bars. Sometimes when they put out a spread on a bar, that's the name Bellissimo is, is never mentioned. But uh, Buffalo, Buffalo chicken wings? Cocktail party dish. Buffalo chicken wings. How's that sound? For buffalo wings idea. or hot buffalo like, wings or what are they? Like, Bob? Like pigs in a blanket? <laughs> no, I mean, you ever, you ever been in a bar, the hot thing at, uh, at uh, happy hours is buffalo wings. You know, these are the giveaways. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that. That's right. There you got it. Buffalo chicken wing. And the bar is uh, Bellissimo's Anchor Bar in, uh, in Buffalo. It's, the hot sauce was his mother's invention, actually. He got the idea, though, of applying it to chicken wings, and the rest is history. So that would be... One right and one wrong. All right. So you're even up now. You pulled out of your slump. All right. Uh, back to you, Bob. Here's what's left. People, places, science, or odds and ends. How about science? All right, science it is. All right, true or false, scientists at uh, Edinburgh in Scotland have demonstrated that WD-40 sprayed on joints relieves arthritis. True <laughs> or false? Talk it over. Probably, probably true. Because if it's like whatever this other stuff was that, you know, everybody sold under the table, this kind of thing that... What's because well, there's a chemical. I can't remember the name of it. My wife is a shortest, and she, yeah. you know, tried it one time. Forgot what the name of this stuff was. But it was but under the table. Well, no, you know, no way you couldn't sell it. Yeah, yeah, line so of, line it wasn't one like accepted it. by the FDA. <laughs> yeah, well, but no, but this, this, the, whatever the chemical was, was absorbed in your skin so yeah. fast, and I forgot what the name of this stuff was. Okay, it wasn't WD-40. Though. But WD-40 would be the same kind of thing. If it's some kind of chemical that would be absorbed. So you believe this? Mm -hmm. Well, I got a case I want to sell you out in the car. <laughs> <laughs> 500 bucks for a case of this. Uh, talk it over now because Bob is in science now. He's in the uh, Yeah, hey, you should know. Well, I'm, I'm certain it'd be cold, and that would uh, take some of the inflammation out of it. It very well might. You sure you want to go with that answer, you guys? Okay. Uh, uh -huh. So you're saying that it is true that WD-40 uh, sprayed on joints relieves uh, the creaking and the arthritis. It probably wouldn't have made the news if it wasn't true. <laughs> you're a thinker, Bob. <laughs> said it wouldn't have made the news if it wasn't true. But who says it made the news? Of course, that's the other question, but we're not here to teach logic. That's not your field. That's not his field. It's not my field, obviously. And so you say? I think you're leading us away from it, Bob. <laughs> Is it true or false? True. What do you think, Leroy? Leroy, you agree with that or disagree? Well, true. The audience has been wrong earlier. True. But they're right this time. I'm sorry. It's... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's false. Uh, Although the uh, Sun in the, in Britain printed it, you know, which is a tabloid in, in Great Britain, and claimed that it does, but apparently there's not been verified that WD-40 uh, can be it can be used for a lot of things. Though I'll say kind that for messy too. Yeah, it would be. And Jim, that would be uh, that would be uh, two wrong and one right. One right. Wrong direction, Leroy. Well, you got to get both these right now to win. Okay. All right. So it's back to you, Leroy. Here's what uh, remains: people, places, or odds and ends. Uh, places. Okay. Places. There it is. I got it. All right. Legally, in Wisconsin, bowling alleys are now referred to as one of the following. This is by law, by legislation. Is it? Do you have to call them? <laughs> Let's hear it. Steve Cologne, our engineer. That's the first time a sound effect has been appropriate in the entire. <laughs> Bowling alleys in Wisconsin, by law, now should be called bowling palaces, bowling heavens, or bowling centers. 
Bowling centers sounds logical. What? By law, now, legislation was passed saying that you cannot call them bowling alleys anymore because they thought it was a pejorative term. <laughs> and you say bowling centers? Bowling centers, I would say. Leroy, Bob? I, I can't imagine uh, legislating bowling palaces. <laughs> I think it would be a good bill. I'd vote for it. <laughs> bowling centers? Yeah. Bowling centers is right. <laughs> Okay, climbing out of the pit. That would now be... Two right and two wrong. This is it. You get it right. Do you win, get it wrong, you lose. It's back to you, uh, Flamenco, Bob, uh, and Shawnee. How about odds and ends? Odds and ends. Do we have that? Not yet. Okay. The greatest author of all time, according to a Gallup poll of Americans who read, is one of the following. Greatest author of all time. Is it Stephen King, <laughs> William Shakespeare, or Mark Twain? No, this is an American public poll. This is the American public, which you can never, of course, underestimate. Um, Steve, Stephen King has written more than recently than anybody else. More than Shakespeare, you would say? Probably written more books, yes. Yeah, yeah, but if you asked him for the greatest author of all time, I bet you they'd say Shakespeare. They're, well, they're asking what no, they think. I would, what I would they say think Shakespeare, but what, the, what did the public say? That's true. That's a good mm -hmm. distinction. You are not the public, Leroy. <laughs> you cannot really speak for the public. Uh, there's a lot of them. There's only one of you, for example. What would they say they think the greatest author oh, of I all think time? the public would say Shakespeare. What do you think, Leroy? I know they uh, the audience is King. leaning the other way. <laughs> could you lean this way, please? <laughs> How could you lean that way? I want to see what it looks like. Isn't that cool? Oh, you're right. They're leaning both ways in this... According to a survey of the American public, who do they think the greatest author of all time is? Stephen King, William Shakespeare, Mark Twain? Most of them would have heard of Mark Twain, probably. Yeah. What do you think, Leroy? I'd say Shakespeare. Well, I'm leaning towards Mark Twain. Okay. Let's do that. Would you stay out of this, please? Yeah. Get you. The, the audience is trying who to change this us. Poll taken by? This is taken by the Gallup poll. Oh, the Gallup poll. Uh, I will tell you this, that Danielle Steele did place very high. <laughs> as well. Stephen King. Stephen King, what do you say, Bob? Mm. Sometimes you have to have faith in the public. This may not be one of those times. I still think Shakespeare, but he, if he wants uh, Stephen King, let's go with it. Stephen King? Is that what you're saying? Sure. Yeah, Stephen King. Stephen King is right, according to the American public. <laughs> Congratulations. Good work, Bob. Greatest authors of all time in order are Stephen King, Daniel Steele, Louis Lamour, and James Michener. Shakespeare and Twain did not place among the top four. They were, however, tied with Tom Clancy for fifth. Wow. So congratulations. You picked the mind of the American public. And... Uh, Jim, what have they won? Well, Bob, a prize to keep you itching, a bug jug, a living insect habitat with Observation Dome and Bug Watcher's Handbook from Uncle Milton Industries in Culver City, California. Leroy, some cows you can play with, a set of calminos, dominoes with cow markings from the Good Ideas Company in Madison, Wisconsin, and double your doughboy pleasure with a doughboy kite while clutching the pokeable fun doughboy doll from the Pillsbury Company in the Twin Cities. Congratulations to you. Thanks, Leroy. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Bob. Bob, nice talking with you. Good luck in school, huh? Hang in there. 
Additional support for What Do You Know comes to your town from the Beef Industry Council and Beef Board. If your station tape delays the show and you'd like a chance at the quiz, send us a postcard with your name and daytime phone number to What Do You Know, 821 University Avenue, Madison, Wisconsin, 53706. Thank you, Jim. And speaking of Jim, you know, each week at this time, Casey, we're speaking of Jim at this time. Jim is about to speak. And listen, you out there want to be Jim Packard's shoes. Now observe how he does the town of the week. If there is a mecca for American hockey fans, it has to be the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame in Eveleth, Minnesota. There in the Mesabi mining country of northern Minnesota is a town whose beginning is directly linked to the discovery of iron ore in 1892. In fact, when the ore was discovered under the town, Eveleth was relocated atop a hill a quarter mile away. 107 buildings were winched up the hill to the town's present location. The town got its name from Irwin Eveleth, a Michigan lumber baron. One of the reasons that Eveleth was chosen is that it could be pronounced by the many Scandinavians who were coming into the area to live. <laughs> Probably the biggest excitement in town came in September 1901 when a mine powder house exploded, shattering every window in town. Mining remains the driving force of the economy, augmented by agriculture, especially dairying. Eveleth is located about 50 miles north of Duluth on Highway 53 past the Girl Scout camp on Half Moon Lake. The Eveleth Gilbert Golden Bears basketball team had a successful year winning its district championship. Visitors are encouraged to see the Eveleth Hippodrome where sporting events and dancing are held and the nearby Heritage USA mining display. It's the Hilltop City. It's our town of the week, Eveleth, Minnesota. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jim. And uh, we uh, have a newspaper here I've been looking through for the Eveleth scene from Eveleth, Minnesota. And we've got the hospitality hosts need you. Uh, that's the lead article. And then uh, there's a big uh, kind of editorial here on, uh, on Easter bonnets, the lack of Easter bonnets, which I discussed earlier with the audience. You'd think on an Easter show like this that one individual at least would come with an Easter bonnet, but no. No, couldn't take the trouble, huh? And uh, that's pretty much what the uh, editorial is about there, about wearing uh, Easter bonnets in favor of, I believe, uh, the Fayel firemen conducting a 12K run. You guys have runs and all that, firemen? They, they run through your village, yeah. but you don't join them. Uh, with the ambulance. With the ambulance, you run. <laughs> do you have a Dalmatian, by the way? I didn't ask the obvious question. Um, we do have one of our members that has one right You have a member who has a Dalmatian. Not quite the same thing, okay. <laughs> Uh, what else you got here? The meals for the elderly menus. They're having uh, chili on Monday, meatballs Tuesday, ham loaf on Wednesday, baked mm. chicken on Thursday, mm, and Thursday. Cheddar, cheddar cauliflower soup on Friday mm. with tuna salad. Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> yeah, try to avoid Fridays. And I'll be somewhere else on Friday. We're looking here for someone uh, in Eveleth now uh, who can speak with us about uh, town and tell us how it's pronounced, for one thing, because I think people... We have someone on the line, do we? Yes, we do. We have uh, Sarah Polsky. Uh, from uh, Eveleth. Sarah, how do you pronounce it? Eveleth. Eveleth. Mm -hmm. Just two syllables. Yep. Eveleth. Right. And you are how old, Sarah? Thirteen. Thirteen years old, which would mean that you are uh, in graduate school. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> no, you would be in, uh, what, sixth grade or seventh grade? Or? I'm in eighth grade. Eighth grade, around there. I knew that. And uh, what school do you go to? I'm in the open enrollment program, so I go to Virginia High School. Oh, open enrollment. It means that you don't have to go? If you don't want to? No. <laughs> you got to go, but you can go to any school you want? Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. So you're learning some more advanced things there or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? What What is your favorite thing in school? Um, I like home ec. <laughs> oh, you do? It's the easiest. Oh, it's the easiest. <laughs> so you went to an advanced class for the easiest uh, thing? No. <laughs> 
What What are you doing right now in home ec? Um. Well, we're in our sewing you're question right now. <laughs> you're in the sewing. What are you making? Um, sweatshirts. Sweatshirts. Yep. And you you putting like you uh, put designs on them. You sew on patches and stuff, or? Um, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what kind of sweatshirt are you making? Um, it's just a Virginia Blue Devil sweatshirt. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So you get to put the college on there and everything, huh? <laughs> well, kind of, well, it's just our school mascot. <laughs> The Blue Devils? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. Did, did you mention that, the Blue Devils? She's going to Virginia, which is a nearby town. Oh, I see. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> You're on top of that. See, now, if you want to be in Jim's job, you've got to be on top of all this stuff. Now, Sarah, do you come from a big family? Or? Mm-hmm. How big is the family? Well, I have three sisters, one brother, and two stepsisters. Oh, that's great. You like being part of a big family? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Do you get stuck with a lot of the work? Well, I'm the youngest, so yeah. <laughs> I don't... I'm the I don't have much work around the house, really. <laughs> you don't have much work around the house? No. Why is it because you're the youngest? I think they would all dump on you then. No, well, no, I'm the only one that's living at home now. So. Oh, I see. All right. So no one works at home anymore? Nope. <laughs> that's, that's great. Sarah, we're calling them because we're honoring Eveleth of Minnesota, and uh, can you tell us anything about, what, what, what do you like about Eveleth? A couple of the, the best things about Eveleth, even though you're not from there. Um, well, I like Eveleth just because it's a small town, and everybody knows everybody, and it's, I don't know, there's not that much to do, but it's still a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Is there a place for kids to, to hang out? No. <laughs> really? No. So you never see your friends uh, after school? No, well, we go in Virginia. <laughs> oh, okay. Where do you hang out in Virginia? Um, the mall or somewhere around there. Oh, yeah. Does Eveleth have a mall? No. So you have to go all the way to Virginia. How far is that? It's only about 10 minutes. Okay, so it's not too bad. And uh, when you're at the mall there in Virginia, what store would you hang out in front of if you want to meet your friends? Um, I know the closet, probably. The closet store? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do they sell closets or? No, clothes. Oh, okay. It's called the closet. Okay. And uh, anything else about Eveleth that we should know? Uh, the place that you like to eat in town or? Um, not really. <laughs> no? Well, no. Okay. Place, other places you want to go, or show, would you show us when we came through? What would... um, just the hot Coliseum and, I don't know. The Coliseum? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Sarah, thanks very much. It gives us uh, a little bit of an insight into uh, Eveleth and more into Virginia, but uh, <laughs> we have something for you, Sarah, for being so nice. Sarah, the Pillsbury Company will send you a package of coupons for an assortment of their famous products inside the Doughboy mug, and you'll receive a set of steak knives and a kitchen apron from the Beef Industry Council and Beef Board. Congratulations to you. Thanks, Sarah. Good luck in school, Tim. Okay. Major support for What Do You Know comes from Pillsbury, featuring cake mixes, brownies, pancakes, and Pillsbury's best flour for home baking anytime. And the Beef Industry Council and Beef Board, real sponsors for real radio for real people. What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for American Public Radio. Michael Feldman, producer. Associate producer, Ruth Ann Bestman, with assistance from Lyle Anderson. Technical director, Tom Blaine. Sound mixing today by Steve Colon and Richard Moses. The uplink operator this week is Tim Allen. Next week, more of the What Do You Know quiz. PR, American Public Radio.